Thank you. Turn with me this morning your Bible to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. I'm continuing a, a series, kind of a follow-up to our uh, series we did through First Peter and now looking at some encounters that Peter had with Jesus going through the Gospels and looking at various texts where we find interesting episodes, encounters between uh, Jesus and Peter. And this morning we're in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Is this loud enough? Can you, can you all hear me? Is it okay this morning? We had a little, a little explanation, a little feedback this morning. This, this microphone is off, and so I don't feel like I'm projecting quite as well. So again, as always, if you have trouble hearing me, put your hand behind your ear or wave at me or something. I'll try to, I'll try to speak a little louder. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. This is God's word. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. But since he had did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children, and all that he had, and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and he seized him and began to choke him, say, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling, and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers, until he should repay all that was owed him. My Heavenly Father will do also the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. And again, that is God's word. Pray. Father, we ask now for your blessing upon this time in your word. And I pray that uh, by the Holy Spirit you would be our teacher this morning that you would instruct us in what is true and what is right. That you would show us the message that Jesus was giving to Peter here and the message Jesus is giving to us. And give us the grace to apply to our hearts and to our lives that you might be praised. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one thing we've, we've learned through this series of sermons 
is that there was nothing timid about Peter. Peter was bold, he was impetuous, and he was spontaneous. If he thought it, he said it. And sometimes he said it before he thought much about it, and usually that got him in some measure of trouble. You didn't have to wonder what Peter was thinking because Peter would usually let you know. Peter also was inquisitive. Peter asked a lot of questions. Two weeks ago when I was uh, preaching last, we were looking at John 6, that touching scene where uh, Jesus asks the disciples a question and then Peter in turn asks Jesus a question. It was when you know, the, the multitudes just left. And there Jesus is with the twelve. And he turns to them with that poignant question saying, you're not going to leave me also, are you? You don't want to go away too, do you? And it was Peter who responded with a question himself, saying, to whom shall we go? What other option do we have? You are the one who has the words of eternal life. Well, here in Matthew 18, we find Peter asking Jesus another question. And this question is about forgiveness. Now, the context or the background, this question that Peter asked, is in the, found in the teaching that Jesus gave in the previous verses about restoring someone who has fallen into sin back into fellowship, or what we now more commonly today is the, the steps of church discipline. It begins in verse 15 where, where Jesus makes it clear. If you have someone who sinned against you, then your responsibility is to go to that person in private, confront that person with their sin, see their uh, repentance, and if they repent, you have restored your brother. You've won him back. Then in verse 16, Jesus says, if that doesn't work, then you're to take someone with you or a group with you so that you have a little more authority with you and you confront that person with this group of people about their sin. And you call them to repentance. And again, if, if they have repented, you have won your brother. But if that doesn't work, and the person continues to be resistant and persistent in their sin, then you're to bring that person to the church, to the leadership of the church. And there, if he still does not repent, discipline is to be enacted, even to the point, perhaps, of being cut off from fellowship in the body of Christ. Well, hearing that got Peter to thinking. And Peter got to thinking about his own relationships with other people and about his Forgiveness of other people. This whole talk about restoring people to fellowship got Peter to thinking about re restoring people to his own fellowship with himself. And so he thought about his own responsibility to forgive others. And that's why he asked Jesus this question in verse 21. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Did anyone to ask, up to, should I do it up to seven times? Now, Peter wanted to know the limits or the requirements that were on him for forgiving other people. And I'm sure that he thought he was being quite generous. 
and good-hearted in offering to forgive someone seven times. You see, the Jewish rabbis said you only had to forgive someone three times. And if someone sinned against you more than three times, you weren't obligated to forgive them any longer. One of the learned rabbis had a saying, he said, if someone forgives you once or sins against you once, forgive him. If he sins against you twice, forgive him. If he sins against you three times, forgive him. But if he sins against you a fourth time, do not forgive him. And so I'm sure that Peter was expecting some measure of praise from Jesus. He doubled the number, more than doubled it, to seven. Father, or, or Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Well, as you know from the text, Jesus was not impressed. And his response was anything but praise. He basically told Peter, that, that's just not right. You're not looking at it in the right way. What he went on to say in verse 22 was this, I do not say to you up to seven times, but rather up to 70 times seven. Now, Jesus was not trying to get Peter to play a numbers game with him. Nor was he even setting 490. I'm not good at math, but I can do seven times, what is it? Seven times 70. Not setting 490 as the outer limit of how often you should forgive someone. Jesus' point here is the number of times that you are to forgive someone who sins against you is unlimited. It is without limit. We are to continue to forgive others when they sin against us. We're not to be in the business of keeping a record of how many times someone has transgressed against us, done something to us, said something about us, and then cut them off from forgiveness when they've reached a particular number. And of course, there's a good reason for that, isn't it? Because that's the way God forgives us. Aren't you glad God doesn't limit the number of times he forgives you? Aren't you glad God doesn't stop at seven? Aren't you glad God doesn't stop at 70 times seven? See, God doesn't have his little book out keeping account of how many times you've sinned and how many times you've confessed and how many times you've asked for forgiveness and how many times he's actually forgiven you and then you reach a certain number and he says, ah, don't come back. Don't ask me to forgive you anymore. You've reached the limit. I'm done with you. God doesn't do that. God's forgiveness is unlimited. And to make that point to Peter, to answer his question about how many times he should forgive someone else, to show that God's forgiveness is unlimited, he, he told a parable. And now this parable is about the relationship between a master, it's called a king, sometimes in the parable, a king, 
a lord, a master, and a servant. And the relationship between them in terms of a debt owed and, and forgiveness granted. And, and what it shows is the stark contrast between a heart that is eager to forgive and a heart that is reluctant to forgive. A heart that is patterned after the heart of God and a heart that is not. The parable is about this king who called in his servants so he could, the Bible says, settle accounts with them. We're not sure exactly what was taking place. It appears that this king in the parable was either loaning money to his servants or giving them advances. And Some of them had gotten in arrears and he realized that it wasn't a good situation and so he decided it was time to call them in to settle these delinquent accounts and so that's what he did. Call them in so they could pay him what they owed. One of the men who was brought before him owed him 10,000 talents. Now, that was an exorbitant amount of money. Today's money would be in the millions of dollars. And the reason Jesus used that number in the parable was to show that this was a man who had a debt so large there was absolutely no way he had any hope of ever being able to repay it. This man was hopelessly and helplessly in debt. And the king realized he had no way to repay. And so he said, I'll do the only thing that I know to do. I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell your wife. I'm going to sell your children. I'm going to sell everything you have so that restitution can be made. Now, the king knew that even if he did all that, the debt still would not be repaid. He couldn't sell what the man had and couldn't sell his family to, to, to regain that kind of money. But at least there would be some justice, some punishment for the man getting so far in debt and being unable to repay. Well, when the, the man heard the king's verdict, he was greatly troubled, as you can imagine, and he fell on his face, and he begged the king, saying, please have mercy on me, be patient with me, and I'll repay. Well, the king knew he couldn't repay it. No matter how patient he was, he knew he could never repay it. The Bible says, the parable says, he felt compassion on the man. The man pled with him. And he had compassion. And he let the man go. He forgave him the whole debt. What an incredible blessing. But, but in the parable, the man left the king's presence. And in the story Jesus told, he went immediately, it seems, and found a fellow slave who owed him just a small amount of money. I want you to notice a couple of things about that. Look with me, uh, for example, in verse 28. This, is, this, sir, this, this man who had been forgiven by the king went and, and looked up this guy. He went looking for him. Verse 28. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves. It wasn't like they crossed on the street. 
and he said, oh, by the way, you owe me some money. He went and found him. And the amount that he owed the hundred denarii was a pittance in compared to the 10,000 talents that he had owed the king. The man didn't have the money to pay. And so the servant grabbed him by the neck and began to choke him, tried to squeeze it out of him. And the man fell on his face before him. And he said, be patient with me, and I'll repay you. Boy, shouldn't that have pierced the man's heart? Shouldn't that have gotten his attention? Those are the very same words that he had given to the king. But he was unwilling to forgive him. He had him thrown in prison until he would repay all that he owed. Well, this was not a private matter. Both of these were public matters. What the king did for the servant, forgiving him. What the servant did to his fellow servant, not forgiving him of his debt. And there were people who saw both. The parable says they were deeply grieved by it, heartbroken over it. So they went to the king and said, you won't believe what happened? This man of whom you forgave these 10,000 talents went out and found a fellow servant, owed him a hundred denarii, demanded repayment, couldn't repay, he wouldn't forgive him. The man's in prison. So the king called the servant back. The boy had his attitude changed. He looked at him and said, you wicked, lazy slave. I forgave you all that debt. How could you not forgive another man who owed you something yourself, himself? His compassion was used up. And he had the man handed over to the torturers. Not in prison now, handed over to the torturers until he could repay now. You know he couldn't repay. So you know what that meant. The man was sent off to his death. And now why did Jesus tell this parable to answer Peter's question? What was Jesus trying to teach Peter and the other disciples through this parable? Well, the comparison, of course, is between the enormous debt that we owe to God that we cannot pay and the gracious, compassionate way God forgives us of that debt. You see, in the parable, God is likened to the king and we are likened to the servant. We have this astronomical debt of sin which we cannot repay. Our situation is just as hopeless and just as helpless as the man described in this parable. Just like him, we are completely dependent on the compassion and the mercy of God for forgiveness. And just as he begged for mercy, that's our only hope too. Our only hope of being forgiven is begging for the compassion and the mercy of God. And wonder of wonders, that's the glory of the gospel, isn't it? 
God looks on us with compassion and he forgives our debt. He blots the whole thing away. He cancels our obligation. The only difference is that in God's case, the debt we owe is not just forgiven. It is repaid. It's not that God just writes it off as an unpayable debt. God demanded that the full payment of our debt be made. And that, of course, is where the death of Jesus comes in. That's what the death of Jesus is all about. Jesus paid your full debt. It's not like God said, well, it doesn't really matter that you owe me what you owe me. It doesn't really matter what, that you've done what you've done. We'll just kind of let bygones be bygones and excuse it and sweep it under the rug and act like it really doesn't exist. God doesn't do that. But rather, God demands that your sins be paid for, that justice be done. No, He didn't send you off to the tormentors. He sent His Son to the tormentors until everything be repaid. That's why God now can look upon you in His compassion and His mercy and let you go. Forgive your debt and blot it out. Because Jesus paid every What's the old hymn saying? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it how? He washed it white as snow. So that nothing is left. Do you understand how wonderful that is? Do you grasp this morning the, the beauty, the glory of the gospel? Do you understand what a precious thing it is to be forgiven by God, to have this enormous debt blotted away, canceled, paid in full for you? That's the glory of the gospel. That's the great blessing of a believer that this holy and just God has forgiven you what you owed because of your sin through the work of His Son, Jesus Christ on the cross. But it doesn't stop there. Forgiveness is not just on the vertical level. It's also on the horizontal level. In fact, that's where Peter asked the question, isn't it? What did he ask? How many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Peter asked the question on the vertical level about me forgiving Ben McCann and Ben McCann forgiving me. But Jesus answered it on the vertical level. He didn't answer it in terms of human relationships. He answered it in terms of our relationship with God. The 
describing how gracious God is in forgiving his people of our sins. Then he turns around and says, that's the way. That's the way you're to forgive other people. You're to forgive others just the way God has forgiven you. Luke says that we're to be merciful as God is merciful to us. That's what Jesus says here in this parable. Verse 33, should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way I had mercy on you? We read it in our unison read of scripture this morning from Ephesians chapter 4. I can't find my uh, insert, so I'll go to Ephesians chapter 4 real fast. In verse 32, be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving each other. Hear that? Forgiving each other. How? Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. You see, that's the key to understanding the answer to Peter's question. That's the standard that we're to use in forgiving others. We're to do it just the way God has forgiven us. Let's be honest. I'll be honest. Sometimes we got a real problem with that, don't we? Sometimes we're slower, slow to forgive and slower to forget. We tend to hold grudges, be resentful, harbor ill feelings, try to get even, that's where the, the power of the gospel is to make a real difference in our lives because all that's to be taken away the grudges the resentment the bitterness the desire to get even and we're to forgive just the way God has forgiven us that's to be one of the obvious changes of believers the way we forgive others and Jesus makes it clear the Bible ties together your forgiveness of others and God's forgiveness of you. Now, we don't forgive others to be saved. We forgive others to show that we have been saved. And Jesus says, look, if you have a problem forgiving other people, it may be that you might not have experienced the fullness of God's forgiveness of you. You get that? My Heavenly Father, verse 35, will do the same to you it's each, if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. One of the evidences of saving faith is a willingness to forgive other people and a refusal to forgive. A hardening of your heart, grabbing somebody by the neck and choking him, demanding some kind of repayment for what he did, like the servant. Because you haven't grasped the wonder of being forgiven. It applies to every area of your life, doesn't it? No matter forgiveness touches every aspect of our lives. Many marital problems occur because one or, or both spouses are unwilling to forgive. 
unwilling to move on. Holding something over the head of another. Many church conflicts arise because of an unwillingness to forgive. Boy, you, you peel back the covering of, on some many church conflicts, and Joel will tell you, what you'll find many times is somebody just was refusing to forgive. Something was said maybe years ago. Many interpersonal relationships are impacted because of an unwillingness to forgive. What was said, what was done, just can't get past the embarrassment, can't get over the, the pain or the shame. Whatever it was that was caused by what someone said or what someone did, we just can't let it go. We hold it. We can't let it go. We don't forgive it. Aren't you glad doesn't God doesn't hold it? Aren't you glad God forgives you? That's the way you are to forgive others. Oh, the depth, the mercy, and the grace, and the compassion of God, and the way that He, he forgives our sin. May we show that same mercy and compassion to others in the way that we forgive them too. That's the power of the gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And we pray that today our hearts will be touched by it. Father, convict us of our sin, our unwillingness, our hesitancy to forgive others. And we pray that we would be willing to forgive just as you've forgiven us. And we thank you so much for the free grace by which we are forgiven the whole debt the finished work of Jesus. We ask it in his name.